Mayberry and family pastor Dan here. Uh, obviously, we're doing things a little bit different. Uh, nobody wanted to be in the situation that we're in, but here we are, uh, locked out a little bit again of being able to gather together just for the safety of uh, of everyone with the whole COVID nineteen thinking things starting to spike in our area and, and having several cases in our midst. Uh, uh, but but we're glad that you're here today. What what an awesome privilege it is if we're going to be locked down if we're going to have to uh, separate from one another and not gather together for at least just this week and by the way we're thinking it's just going to be this week uh, we're hoping to be gathering together physically again next week but if we're going to have to do this it might as well be in uh, 2020 when uh, we had the technology to gather together in our homes on Sunday morning or whatever it is you're watching this uh, this sermon and we can worship together and uh, it's, it's a great privilege. But we want to do things a little bit different, too, uh, because we're doing this virtually. And I have Lentrell in here with me today. And Lentrell and I, we're going to be talking about uh, some, something that I think is pretty relevant today, uh, specifically with all the things going on. I know 2020 has been a year of, of, of hardship in some ways. But uh, I think on the positive, it's been, it's been a year of lessons. And I think there's a lot of really good lessons that can be learned um, from this 2020, uh, specifically around the idea of relationships. And at, at Berean, we talk about relationships coming as Christians, kind of as up, in, and out. Our relationship with God, our relationships with one another in the church, and our relationship as the church with the world. And, and I want to talk today, Lentrell, about these relationships and some lessons that we may have been able to learn uh, during this pandemic, during the time that we were quarantined in our homes. And, you know, I'm just coming off of being quarantined for like, you know, it seems like six months or something. Uh, but, you know, for, for a short period of time, quarantined. And um, it's, it's tough. You know, it's great being with family as long as the family relationship's good, right? But there's a lot of people who are struggling, all those kind of things. So I want us to focus today. I want us to spend a little bit of time on uh, the lessons I think that we hopefully have learned uh, regarding relationships, the up, in, and out relationships uh, during 2020. So our sermon today is titled 2020 Vision, Lessons Learned from a Challenging Year. And uh, before we jump in here, Lentrell, would you go ahead and open us with a word of prayer? Yeah, and we've been praying, and our prayer is that this morning's message, or when you listen to this message, you will be encouraged. Um, lessons have been learned, and we want to apply God's truth to, to the everyday issues of life. And so pray with me. Uh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are and whose we are. Truths that will never change. You are God and we are your children if we have trusted in Christ. And now we ask that you speak to us, fathers, specifically through your word. As me and Dan and as Dan opens your word, may you speak to your people. Let us hear from you. Let us be encouraged. Let us meditate on the lessons that can be learned in, in times like this. And let us apply your word to our lives. Father, we need you. So, so meet us now through your word. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lentrell. Yeah. Man, uh, again, back on lessons learned from uh, a difficult year here. And lessons, uh, the first point that we're going to make uh, 
this morning is lessons about Christians' relationships with the Lord. Again, this is the up part of the up, in and out, our relationship as Jesus followers with uh, our Lord. And to do that, we want to look in our Bibles to John uh, chapter 15, and we're just going to be looking at verses 1 through 5 here briefly, and we're going to have some conversation surrounding that. Mm-hmm. So uh, wherever you're at, if you're at if you're, as long as you're not driving, I guess, and if you're driving, you know, look at the road, not at the phone. Um, everybody else, go ahead and open your Bible, John 15, verses 1 through 5. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the world, the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do uh, nothing. Now this word keeps coming up in this in this first five verses of John 15, and this word abide. And it really is, it's a rich word. The Greek word it comes from is minos, like the fish, right? Uh, and it also is translated as to remain or to dwell. But this idea of the, the branch and the vine and just this interconnectedness between the children of God and Abba Father. Abba meaning Daddy. Daddy Father. And just remaining with, abiding with, spending time with, and I would say enjoying our time with Father God. And, and here we are, again, a lot of us, we, we don't know in the next several weeks, hopefully we're, things won't get locked down. Uh, but maybe they will, and maybe there's going to be more quiet time, and maybe more of you are going to have to work from home and all those kind of things. Look for those quiet times mm-hmm. where you can really abide in God, because it's, I think when we get in the hustle and bustle of the world, Lynn Trail, mm-hmm. I don't think that we truly, I think it becomes very difficult to truly abide mm-hmm. in God. This is, I think, one of the reasons why Jesus goes off to the wilderness, right? Mm-hmm. So many times to abide mm-hmm. with the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the lesson is our relationship to the Lord is absolutely vital. Jesus says, unless we abide in him, we can do nothing. Yeah. And I think that, not to correct Jesus, of course, I would never want to do that. That's probably a good policy. Yeah, but I know that the things that I can do apart from Jesus is sin mm. and hurt people and break relationships. Mm-hmm. So I basically do destructive things apart from Jesus. But if I abide in him, I can bear fruit. Mm. And, and that's a lesson that I think we all must learn. And I'm sure many of you probably have learned in this season that our relationship to Jesus is absolutely vital. We're, we're living in times of, of tragedy and hardship and frustration and maybe even depression and isolation. What's the one thing that will keep us grounded, rooted, going on, pressing on day after day? It's our relationship to Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, this is just some very practical things that many of you, you know, if you've been going to church for a long time, you kind of know what this looks like, but mm-hmm. we don't always practice it the same the way we ought to. Yeah. But maybe you're tuning in and you're like, I don't really have a relationship with Christ. What does this mean? How do I abide in, mm-hmm. in Christ? How do I abide and spend that time with God? And, mm-hmm. and I think there's some very simple things that we can do, mm-hmm. but it's a discipline in some ways because we have to discipline ourselves to kind of go to the wilderness at times like yeah. Jesus modeled. But we need to be spending time in God's word. Let's yeah. let's hear from him. 
We hear from God primarily through the written word that we have in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He wants to hear from us, too. Mm-hmm. Right? And this yeah. is what Lentrell is, is a guy who we, we can't have a meeting without Lentrell stopping and saying, hey, let's have a word of prayer here. Let's go to God about this. And that's a, that's a compliment. That's a good thing. And it's the posture that we should all have. Yeah. Because as you said, apart from God, mm-hmm. we... We, we're, when we're not abiding in Christ, when we're apart from God, sin is at the door, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Jesus said in this very text, he said, abide in my word. And then he said, abide in my love. Mm. And this kind of flushes out what it means to abide in Jesus. Can you Jesus. say abide in my love again? Because that sounded pretty cool. <laughs> abide in my love. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you're wondering, like, what does it mean to abide in Jesus? He says, abide in my word. As you said, it's... it's Taking the truths about Jesus, what he said about himself, his life, his death, his resurrection, everything that the scripture says about Jesus is taking that and standing on it, saying this is true. Trusting in that, not departing from what the scriptures have said about Jesus. And then number two, abiding in his love. It's remembering day after day, no matter what I do or or how I fall short, that Jesus loves me. And, And I know that seems a little bit elementary, but that's what it means to abide in Jesus is to never stop uh remembering, never stop meditating on the fact that Jesus loves you. And he loves you so much that he died on a cross to save sinners like us. So it's meditating on that love. Uh, just again, the, just I know it sounds a little bit elementary or, or simple, but the song "Jesus Loved Me," this I know for the Bible. Are you gonna sing it for us? No, but yeah. that song is coming to my mind, and my song, my son can sing that song and quote that song. But that is an essential truth, and if we want to be fruitful, this is a lesson for us. If we want to be fruitful, we must abide in Jesus, remembering that He loves us, and everything the Scripture says about Him is true. Amen. Good, yeah. good word, man. Yeah, it, it's. I've been thinking kind of in a fresh way about this idea of being in the wilderness, mainly because it's hunting season. Yeah. And I've been spending a few hours in a deer blind, uh, yeah. sometimes on my own, sometimes with one of my sons. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, again, it just strikes me how infrequently we go and find a quiet place mm-hmm. and really just listen mm-hmm. and really just be. And mm-hmm. I think that's the other part of abiding in God. It's mm-hmm. not about just doing and what yeah. we, it's just stopping mm-hmm. and just being and yeah. being in his presence. And that's, yeah. that's good, man. That's so again, our first, our first, uh, the up part lessons about Christians relationship with the Lord. We need to be learning to abide minnow. Mm-hmm. We need to abide in God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about lessons that we can learn from relationships within the church? What is, uh, if you, if you would, Lentrell, would you read us uh, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3? Yeah, turn to Ephesians 4. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. This is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. He says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you. He's talking to the church now. He says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. This is so important. Paul has been given a lot of doctrine, a lot of theology, and now he wants to get practical with the church at Ephesus. And one of his first exhortations is for the church to be united and to live out the unity that the spirit has already created within them. See, believers, as believers, the spirit has united us 
to uh, the body of Christ. We are one in Christ. It's a, it's a wonderful work of the spirit. But, but, but that's not just spiritually. We are to live out this truth practically uh, with one another. And so Paul is telling the, the, the church there that they need to live in unity. And I think the lesson here is, and I think everyone would agree with me, when we just think about all this going on, the hardships, the frustrations, when we think about one another, we need one another. Yeah. We can't go through this life alone. We can't, even as we face hardships and sufferings and trials and tribulations, we can't go through it alone. The body needs one another. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is an important point I think that we need to make here is united doesn't always mean Mm. in complete agreement about every, you know, minutia of detail in our life. And in fact, right now, I mean, there's a lot of things in 2020. Again, this is lessons learned in 2020. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of things that I've learned about unity Mm -hmm. within the body of Christ in 2020. Mm -hmm. And one of those things, again, is that we don't always necessarily have to agree on everything. Thinking about all the things that, that are kind of big disagreements right now, even amongst people in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had this election, and, mm-hmm. and we still don't really know the results of it. And that's a whole other conversation from another day. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to jump in that too much. But here's what I do know. Mm-hmm. There are people who are on both sides of an aisle here who love the Lord. So mm-hmm. there's there's both kind of uh, primary parties mm-hmm. that are uh, that, that would claim that would call themselves Christians. So we need to be united, even if we don't agree on political things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've got this thing in my in my pocket right here. Uh, you know, this mask, right? Put this thing on. And, and by the way, there we have tape on the floor, if you're wondering. And we are at least six feet apart. We're probably closer <laughs> to seven or eight feet apart. We are practicing, practicing social distancing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get this mask on. And, and here's the thing. People don't agree on masks. Should we wear them? Should we not wear them? And, and I'll be honest, some people are very passionate about their position on mess. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. We can be united as a body of Christ and disagree on whether or not we should wear masks. What about the government giving us a lockdown during the pandemic? This is another this year kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Can I be a follower of Christ and have a different opinion than you on those things? Mm-hmm. Of course we can. At the end of the day, we have to make sure the main thing is the main thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where we remain united. Not, not in agreeing on every sin- single thing, mm-hmm. but agreeing on the main thing. That, that Christ is our Lord and we're surrendered to him and that, you know what, I'm going, I'm going to love God and I'm going to love my brother as myself. That's the main thing that we have to keep in mind here. Yeah, absolutely. I say amen. I say amen. And let's try to flush this out a little bit, you know. So Paul gives a couple characteristics of, yeah. of how that will look. So gentleness, humility. So, so Paul is telling us how we are to carry this out. And of course, this is by the power of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. We can't do this in and of ourselves. But by the power of the Spirit, we are to be humble and gentle. You want to press into that a yeah, little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So the, whenever I think about this word of humility, mm-hmm. and this whole list, by the way, that Paul gives us in this text here in Ephesians, mm-hmm. I, I think it, it kind of illustrates some truths found from this story. But but specifically humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't think of a story where humility has been modeled in a, in a greater way than the God of the universe gets up and leaves his throne, his royal garments, and comes to this earth. And he, and he exchanges his royal, his royal garments for a servant's cloth. And of course, I'm speaking about Jesus. And he puts his cloth around his waist. 
right before the Last Supper, and he gets on his knees and he washes his disciples' nasty feet. You know, you just think about this is this gentleness and humility. You know, Jesus knows what's about to transpire. He knows who's in the room, what's in their heart, and what they're going to do in the next several hours. But what does he do? Does he, does he bash them? Is he hard on them? Is he cruel to them? Even though they're, they're going to desert him, by and large, in the next few hours, while he is going to go be mocked and crucified on a cross. You know, what does Jesus do? He gets on his knees and he washes their dirty, nasty, smelly feet. And, and you know, this is, this is the God of this universe. Gentle, humble. You know, Paul continues in, in, in this. Patience. I mean, how patient was Jesus with his disciples? How patient is God with us? Oh, there's another sermon altogether. Mm-hmm. Paul goes on, you know, love. There's another one. This is how we should be relating to one another. You know, Jesus modeled that better than anybody. You know, willing to give up his life for, for, for not just those who love him, mm-hmm. but, but for his enemies, essentially. Those who are an enemy with him. And the other thing is just being united. Again, you know, this whole uh, Jesus washing his disciples' feet, there's this kind of, we're in this together. We're all doing this thing together. Mm -hmm. We might not all agree on everything. We might be frustrated with one another at times. We're in this together. Mm -hmm. And finally, Paul kind of brings it here in Ephesians. Again, and we do so in the bond of peace, peace. you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't, this is a loud world we live in. And sometimes it feels like he who is loudest wins. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Sometimes it's good just to sit back and, and kind of just remain calm and allow the peace of the Lord kind of come over you and, and be extended out through you to the people around you. So I think, these, I think this list that Paul gives us is going to be super helpful for us on how Christians should be interacting with one another. You know, we need to be united. We need to be humble. We need to have gentleness, patience, love, and, and do so in the bond of peace. Yeah, and just think about how edifying that that will be in the midst of this family called the church where I'm seeking to imitate Jesus and, and loving you with the love of Jesus. And you're doing the same for me. As we do that, we can make it through anything. Yeah, even though, even though you and I, we don't agree on everything. Yeah. Because sometimes you're wrong. So then we're going to move on <laughs> as quickly as possible uh, to the last lesson here. Yeah. Uh, well, the last lesson we're going to speak about um, uh, for this sermon, and that is this lesson's about the church's relationship with the world. This is the out part. We've talked about church's relationship with a Christian's relationship with God. That's the up. Christian's relationship with one another. That's the in. And then now we're at the out here. Uh, church's relationship with the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that, you know, it struck me, we, you and I talked about this, I think, yesterday or whatever, but it's kind of struck me in a fresh way. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the negative aspect. Like how does the world view the church and Christian principles and all those things? And, yeah. You know, it's, I shouldn't be surprised because I know what the Word of God says about this, but it struck me in a fresh and new way. Mm-hmm. The world really does hate the church and Christian principles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, before we get too hard on the world, Mm -hmm. if we get real with ourselves, before we walked with the Lord, you know, we probably did too. Yeah. But let's check this out. John 15, verses 18 and 19. If the world hates you, talking to Jesus, talking to his disciples, Mm -hmm. if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Mm -hmm. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Mm -hmm. But because you are not of the world... But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Mm-hmm. Listen, and you, I'm not going to even talk about anybody in the spotlight here, but I've seen this over and over, I feel like, and this is the way it's kind of came to me in a fresh way this week, of, of somebody who, who lived a very worldly lifestyle and was celebrated by the world, mm-hmm. who then you know, says, you know what, I'm going to commit my way to 
godly principles, mm-hmm. and then the world begins to hate that person. We, we've seen it on a public forum, and, and we have recently in a lot of ways. But, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's kind of a fresh idea, in, in my mind anyways, uh, just a fresh reminder that, you know what, as Christians, we really shouldn't be seeking to be accepted by the world because we are different. We're called to be different from the world, right? And uh, But what do we do with that, Lentrell? Like, the world doesn't love the church by any way, stretch the imagination. It, it hates the church, really. Mm-hmm. How, how do we respond to that? We have to understand that although the world hates us, they're seeking to kill those who are spiritual doctors. What do I mean? They're seeking to bite off their own hand. What do I mean? We are the hope of the world. And Christ wants to use his church to redeem a broken world. And so although the world hates us, the world needs the church to be the church. The world needs the church to love the world like God so loved the world. Many of you know John 3.16 and 17, but I want to read it just to put it before us again today. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We have a mission to go into the same world that hates us and preach the gospel and make disciples, thus bringing redemption to this world. And believers, this is something, this is a lesson that we must hold on to and hide in our hearts and let it fuel the passion of our lives. Because God loves the world. And the world is broken and the world needs Jesus and Jesus wants to work through us in the everyday areas of life to bring redemption to the world. Let me set back before you Matthew 28, 18 and 19 or 18 to 20. This is a verse many of you know, but I just want to set it back before us again. Jesus tells his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm sorry, verse 18, Jesus says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Church, the world needs the church to be the church and to go and proclaim the truth of Jesus. To proclaim the victory of Jesus. That Jesus has conquered and won over death, over sin, over the grave. And there is salvation in no other name but Jesus Christ alone. And the world needs this. Yes, the world hates us. And yes, the world won't come uh, freely. God is going to do a work in the hearts of, of people. But the world needs Jesus. And the world needs us to be the church. Just look at the news. Look at your neighborhoods. Look at the school. People are hurting. People are broken. People are looking for answers. And there's only one true solution to our problems. It is Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, and we, we, we found ourselves in that situation. And you know what? If you're watching this right now, maybe you're, you're finding yourself. You're, you're like, I don't have hope mm-hmm. in my life. And, mm-hmm. and I don't have the, the, uh, the, the knowledge of that I will be saved one day. I, I don't have that assurance of my salvation. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And here I am now locked in my house again. I'm feeling alone and, and directionless. Listen, there is hope for you. And that hope is, the, is, is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And when you put your faith in him, you get this awesome, you get the Holy Spirit of God that becomes indwelling in you. You'll never be alone. You know, will there be difficulties? Absolutely, there'll be difficulties. But I got I, I got to say this, like, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Once you, when you accept Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, and you, you surrender to Him mm-hmm. and His Lordship over your life, your best days are ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean you, that you're that it's all going to be you know hunky dory and you're never going to have an issue. Yeah. But it means that you're going to have the the indwelling Holy Spirit of God in you forever. And it means your your salvation is assured and it's held not by you because you couldn't hold it, but by the Creator of this universe in His hand, and He will not let you go. I just got to jump in there. I was talking with a couple this week. They're new to the faith. Maybe they're watching uh, this message now. And we talked about some of the trying circumstances that they're in. And they're talking about how they were saying how with Jesus, their circumstances haven't changed much. There's still hardship. Bills are still coming in. But, but they said something that just resonated and it ties right into what you were saying. They are different. Mm. The, the circumstances are the same. The situations, the hardships, they haven't changed, but they themselves are different. And that's what happens when, when we take Jesus uh, and, and embrace his, his lordship and follow him as his disciples and receive the gift of, of eternal life. We become different. Maybe not our circumstances. Maybe the cancer will still be there. Maybe the hardship, the trials will still be there. But, but with Jesus, we will be different internally. Yeah, and you know, before I move on from this, again, if you're watching this and you don't have a relationship with Jesus as, as your Lord, listen, I'd love to have a conversation with you just directly. So if you could just email me at pastordan at brianfamily.com, I will get back with you right away. I'd love to have that conversation. It's pastordan at brianfamily.com. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to wrap this up here and land the plane. Uh, again, we've talked about the up, in, and out relationships uh, between the Christians and the Lord, relationships between Christians and and other Christians, and finally, again, relationships with Christians and the world. Uh, you said something earlier on. I'm going to quote you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to quote Lentrail Abstin <laughs> today. And he said, Lentrail, you said this. Our meeting in person is vital and essential, but if that's the only expression of your Christianity this week, there is a problem. Mm-hmm. And, man, you couldn't be more right. And what a timely reminder. I needed to hear that because i got to tell you, with several months of not gathering in person, mm-hmm. this, this, there's a bitterness, really, of not being able to meet again this week and it was a tough decision to yeah. make for sure and and me you and and, and a, lot, a lot of other you know staff we kind of wrestled through that conversation and that decision but uh you know this is important our gathering is essential and vital as you said it, it's very important for us to gather together mm-hmm. but you know what that's not the only expression of our faith and mm-hmm. and wherever you are whatever it is you're doing I, I hope that you've picked up on some of these lessons that we've learned from 2020. And if you haven't, maybe just ask the Lord, God, what is it you want me to learn mm-hmm. through this really difficult season? Yeah. And I believe that God is going to do a work in you. I believe that God is doing a work in you. I believe that God is doing a work here at Berean Baptist Church and in Mansfield. Mm-hmm. 
and in Ohio, and it's, 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 it's encouraging to be a part of, even through these difficult times. Uh, you know, we're, we're still able to meet you. We're still able to uh, share the gospel of Jesus Christ and encourage one another. And that's where I want to drop us off today, and we'll kind of end it, is, is with that encouragement of, listen, don't let your faith just happen on Sunday morning. This is a lifetime thing yeah. of the Lordship of Christ. And uh, we're going to go ahead, and we're going we're gonna, to... We're gonna, we're going to send you on the rest of your day at this point, but I'm going to, I want to pray for you uh, before we break. And, and uh, as you go about the rest of your day, as you go about the rest of your week, as we look forward to gathering together again, hopefully next Sunday, mm-hmm. remember that Jesus is your Lord. Put all of your hope and faith in him. Abide in him. Look mm-hmm. for those opportunities this week. Abide in him. Mm-hmm. With your relationships with one another, with, as Christians, you know what? It's, unity needs to be more important than agreeing on everything. Mm. You know, just, just let's be united together. Let's be one body. And with our relationship with the world, remember, listen, we're not going to get back what we're putting out as followers of Jesus Christ. We, we, they, the world can't. And we couldn't without the power of Christ in us the, the, and the hope of, of eternal life in him. So keep that in mind, but keep telling that person that's, that, that might be stubborn right now about uh, Jesus and what he's done in your life. And, 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 and finally, if you're sitting here watching this and you haven't put your faith in Christ yet, do that today. Again, Pastor Dan at BrianFamily.com. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day. And God, thank you for 2020. It feels almost strange coming out of my lips with all of the weirdness, all of the trials, all of the the difficult times. God, thank you for 2020. Thank you for being a God who can redeem the bad things. Thank you for being a God who can work all things for the good of those who love you, God. And that's how we trust you right now with that truth, that you can work all things for the good of those who love you. And God, we love you as your church. And we pray that through this storm, through these trials, through these, this difficult season, God, that you will continue to work it out for our good and for your glory. God, may your name be known amongst the people in our communities, in our circles, in our state, in our country, in this world. Lord, may you use us as followers of you to bring your gospel to those who don't know you and to bring your love. And God, we, we, we thank you for that. And we, we pray that you will empower us by your spirit as we know you do and as you can continue to do to bring about change in our communities, to bring about change in our hearts first and then change in our communities. God, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you, we'll see you next Sunday.